Stampod Productions. Hello, I'm Sani Rudravagula and you're listening to On Your Bike. Mud, mounds and madness. The road season may be over, but Katie wants to tell you why now is the time to get into cyclocross. What is it? Who does it? And why should you care? All that and more as we chat cyclocross here on On Your Bike. Katie Magic of RightBikeRepeat.com and of On Your Bike. Um, cyclocross, I know nothing about it, but it seems muddy. Yes, mud is pretty central to cyclocross, uh, but it can also be sandy, hilly, um, a bit wet at times. It's kind of like an off-road obstacle course, essentially. Um, and I saw a, a video on, on my Instagram uh, the other day, and I think it was from Tom Pidcock from uh, earlier in the year, covered in mud, doing a wheelie over the line. I think that was for the World Mountain Bike Champion, but that's different to cyclocross. Yeah, it is. So obviously there's two, well, there's a number of off-road genres, if you like, disciplines of bike riding, Um, but mountain biking and cyclocross are two of them and both of them Pidcock competes in. So yeah, and and both can be muddy, to be fair. So what's the difference? What, What is cyclocross? Cyclocross is... Uh, set on an off-road course they do a number of laps of the same course and it features a number of obstacles so it can be uphill downhill uh, or flat really but there's a lot of features like steps bridges um, different twists and turns it's quite technical but it's less of pure climbing and usually less foresty than a mountain bike course, which goes up and down through woods normally. Um, you, you get the occasional wooded course in cyclocross, but it's more, it can be more urban at times as well, actually. They have some urban courses as well. So now a fast right-hand turn onto the mud, and now it's a slog. Van der Poel leads through that section. I mean, this sounds like tough mudder on bikes. Would that be a pretty fair kind of <laughs> shorthand way of describing it? <laughs> Yeah, that's a cool way of describing it. It can have a number of obstacles, but there's no set obstacles that it, that every course has to have. They're all different, which is actually one of the great things about cyclocross. And it's one of the reasons why it's different uh, week on week. It could have sand one week. It could have um, little hurdles for them to jump over, steps for them to run up and down. And it changes every week. And so you've got a number of different series. You've got the X. Uh, 2 Badcomers Trophy, Super Prestige, and then you've got the main attraction, which is the World Cup Series. So the World Cup Series, um, tell us a bit about this. Okay, yeah, so the World Cup Series moves around. Um, it's mainly in Europe, although this weekend it begins in Waterloo in the United States. Uh, it's 16 rounds throughout the year or the cyclocross year which begins in mid-october and runs all the way through to january um and it culminates in the world championships so it's the world cup um has an overall winner but then the world championships comes along after that ah so you can win enough points from each race to then win the world cup but then also there's a separate world championships and that world championships then tallies in the same way we get in road cycling yeah, exactly. So that in that one, you're awarded a rainbow jersey and they have obviously men's, women's, under 23 at both levels and junior. So you get six world champions. 
Cool. And I genuinely haven't ever really engaged with cyclocross. If if I ever have, I mean, I can barely say it, cyclocross. Um, if if I ever have, I don't know. Is is it in the Olympics or anything? Is is it is it that big? No, it's not in the Olympics. Um, if anything, it would be probably in the Winter Olympics because it is a winter sport. Um, it, is, it runs basically it complements the road season. So when road season stops, cyclocross season kicks off and um when cyclocross season winds up road seasons winding is beginning um over again so yeah it's it's a winter sport and there has been cool for it to be in the winter olympics uh there's a course at val de sole the ski resort in italy which um has on occasion had full snow and they've raced in, in snow before um even so it's like skiing on bikes um but it as yet isn't in the Winter Olympics. Hope we hope to, that that will change in the future, though. Okay. Well, I suppose if global temperatures keep rising and we have no snow, we might have to go uh, to cycling. But hopefully, yeah, if you say you can do it on snow, we can do that as well. Um, something you mentioned. So it's a circuit. So I mean, that's always something that's quite curious about road cycling and and you know sports live and die on on the fans. Fans, you can't watch a whole. Uh, cycle road race because of you, you're in a fixed vantage point or you can see it a couple of times can you actually see the entire route from a position is it that small how how what, how does it set up it's not usually that small although they, you get some really great uh, courses where you can have a vantage point over a lot of the course you normally get about somewhere between seven and ten laps um, and it takes about an hour so you can kind of imagine I think you know how long it would take to complete one lap in that sort of time scale and that's the the another thing that's great about it is that you it really only takes up an hour whereas you know if you're going out for a, a road race you're kind of standing on the roadside for hours on end waiting them for them to come by and then they shoot by and they're gone um, whereas with cyclocross you get to see them you know seven eight nine times uh and and yeah you can probably see over to different bits of the course some courses are longer than others um they're sort of a couple of kilometers long maybe three kilometers long at the most uh depending on which course it is and some of them are tighter than others some of them are more sprawling and some are more kind of intricate and twisty turny okay you're starting to sell it to me uh who are the big riders because i know tom pidcock's one who else is involved yeah so the for the men Mathieu van der Poel and Wout van Aert are the big draws um They've been facing off in cyclocross for years, since they were juniors. A lot of riders start their racing career off-road. It's a really great way to get used to your bike, to get used to the bike handling, um, to get a sense of race tactics in a smaller environment without the pressure of, you know, a large peloton and that kind of thing. Um, and those two have been, the, you know, top of the pile, I guess, for a number of years. But it should be pointed out that there's a large kind of cohort of cyclocross riders who compete throughout the season. Whereas Van der Poel and Van Aert and Pidcock, those kind of guys, come in quite late and kind of duck out early. So there's this sense of like two different groups of people, two different races going on really. When they turn up, it quite often becomes all about them. But it's quite unfair on on the likes of... The big riders in cross, like Ely Isabir, Michael Van Turenhout, Laurent Swake, um, guys who literally, they they rarely ride on the road. They spend their summer training for cyclocross. Whereas the guys who ride, ride primarily road, uh, 
kind of, I mean, they don't treat it as training as such. But it's just a really good way of keeping competitive all year round. And that way they can have several small peaks in it. And that's really good for their conditioning. Um, and they they continue to do it through, even though, you know, now Matt van der Poel's road world champion, he's also wearing that world champion's jersey from Cyclocross 2. And he's the first man in history who's actually done that feat. Right. So therefore, if these big names are coming in halfway through and then ducking out early, is there a bit of a, a sub-rivalry there? Is there a bit of animosity between the, the hardcore, cyclocross, dedicated, that's the only thing they do, and these other guys are coming, you know, relatively speaking, for a bit of a jolly? <laughs> yeah, I think there is, there's always going to be a residual sense of that kind of, that sense of, I've said sense twice. Yeah, I think there's always going to be that residual sense of, well, these guys are coming in and kind of winning the races when when they turn up and then disappearing off again. But it's accepted. I think they they know how it is. The guys who fo- choose and girls who choose to focus on cyclocross solely, um, they 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 understand the situation and actually time their peaks. Some of them to ensure that they're at their best when the likes of Van der Poel and Van Aert aren't there, so they can rack up points and and be winning. Um, early on in the season so Ely is a bit is probably the top cyclocross rider who's a pure cyclocross rider um, he does the odd road race but he will always come into the season hot and win a bunch of races get himself top of the leaderboard in the various series and so even when you know Van der Poel, Van Aert, Pidcock turn up and start grabbing points here and there he's got enough kind of behind him to to kind of secure these win- these bigger series wins because they work a bit like a general classification, some of them. You're listening to On Your Bike coming up. Why should you care about cyclocross? And Katie tells us what you need to know to follow the sport. So Katie, on um, rightbikerepeat.com, you've written an article all about cyclocross. It's called The Mud Beckons why you should commit to cross in 2023. Um, What's been your journey to getting into cyclocross? I came to it quite late because um, you can't access it on regular TV like you can't can't with a lot of other bike racing. So when I got into having GCN and watching all the bike races um, in 2020, that was when I suddenly thought, I've, I've gone up a level, I'm completely obsessed now and the withdrawal symptoms are really not not working for me when it came to sort of October, November. And, you know, 2020 was a year when the cycling season ran late because of COVID. And even then I was like, well, I can't wait the few months that it's going to take to get back to um, to watching the guys on the road. So I need something to plug the gap. And that's when I realised, you know, there's this thing called cyclocross and it does a very nice job of of kind of, you know, easing those withdrawal symptoms giving you something exciting to watch and also it's just a nice wintry thing sit on the sofa nice cup of tea a slice of cake you know wrap yourself up in front of the fire and watch guys flinging and girls flinging themselves around in the mud what could be better um i'm on your uh, article and i've scrolled down and there's a picture of wout van Aert and matty van der Poel running up a set of stairs with a bike in the hand are you sure this is the right sport <laughs> it's amazing actually the skills that they need to you know it's not just flinging a bike around an off-road course uh you have to be able to run 
like these guys actually train running as well as cycling in the off season. You have to be able to get off your bike, pop your bike up on your shoulder, run up and down some stairs. Um, some of the slopes that they have to ride up, maybe if the conditions are quite poor and they're slippery, they, they won't be able to ride up the hill. So they'll get off and carry the bike up the hill. Um, so you have to have extraordinary kind of cardio fitness um, to be able to get around these courses and and the speed that they're going at for the full hour it's an intense race um and mariana voss is one of the stars in the women's racing but she's recovering from surgery so who should we be looking out for on the women's side of things women's cyclocross is really exciting so i really really recommend that you watch both women's and men's cyclocross last season we had a new rivalry developing um and it proved to be just it, it was really scintillating the whole season long so we've got Femme Van Empel who actually rides road for Jumbo Visma as of this season and she also rides cyclocross for Jumbo Visma she's looking behind there's nobody behind you a masterclass she gets a crowd up in the air this is it she knows she's done it it is race win rider of the season surely Femme Van Empel world champion for 2023 what a ride and what an absolutely and Puck Peterson who is a mountain biker by trade but also a cyclocrosser so she's really into her off-road she's incredible if you don't know Puck Peterson yet go on to Instagram or wherever you get your social media and look her up. She wheelies, she does some incredible things. She's um, She's got bike handling skills that are just silky smooth. Pope is gonna be up on the one wheel, one-handed wheelie on the way through. Two riders at the end of the race, fantastic. Two of them went head to head in nearly every race. And there's a third Dutch rider from Trek Boaza, or she rides for Little Trek during the road season, but it becomes Boaza Trek in the in the cyclocross season, Shuren Van Amroy. So she's probably the best road rider of the three. She's been achieving really great things with Little Trek. She won Trofeo Alfredo Binder, which is um, a one-day classic early on in the season. So she's got what it takes on the road as well. So the three of them uh, went, you know, hell for leather every single race. It was brilliant. Um, and there's loads of other great riders out there as well. Young riders, Blanca Vass, Yara Castellain. And as you said, Mariana Voss won't be with us this season. But we might have Pauline ferron Prevot. Uh Again, she is a classic multidisciplinarian she can do it all mountain biking is you know arguably her best discipline but she came back to cyclocross um as the only female rider from within us last season so it'd be good to see her back again hopefully um and before we dig into a bit more on the men's side of things you've you said why you're interested or how you got into it in a nutshell why should anyone give cyclocross a go because it's mad <laughs> uh, it's fun it's exciting it's quick um it's a it's an adrenaline rush of an hour and also one really fun thing about it is if you can think picture a road race you start out you've got the peloton they let the breakaway have a big old gap and then they spend the race closing down that gap until the race begins again essentially for the final it's kind of the opposite it's like on its head in cyclocross so they race from the line and the gaps grow as the race goes on. So from the beginning, they have to be 
um, hitting it right from the start. And so the the start of the race is always hectic and mad and often involves pile-ups and people picking bikes out of ditches and various things. Um, and it's just, you know, what could be better than watching a bunch of riders smeared with mud, battling it out? And it's every man and woman for her, for him or herself. Um, there's not many team tactics, not much in the way of strategy. You can use strategy um, on an individual basis. Um, team strategy is a little harder to come by in cyclocross, but it does result in some crazy battles. And also each race is different. Like I said earlier, because you get different surfaces like sand and mud and some courses are hillier than others, some are faster, different riders come to the fore depending on um, the type of surface and the conditions. Oh, and also I should mention the crowds. They're amazing. So think, you know, I don't know if you've seen mountain biking crowds. They have chainsaws and things. Pretty crazy. Cyclocross crowds are, are the same. Think cowbells, whistles, chants, beer drinking, singing, um, lots of crazy banners for their favourite riders. And, you know, they're doing all of this in the middle of winter in Belgium where conditions aren't very, very pleasant. So, you know, lots of hats and coats and umbrellas and just general stoicism in the face of some pretty harsh conditions. Yeah, so the crowds are brilliant. It is a playground for these riders. They drop down onto the tarmac. They're going to hit that start line and go up and through underneath the finish for the first time. Two riders clear at the end of lap number one. It's Matthew van der Poel with Wout van Aert from Belgium on his heels. The big two. Okay, that that's, that's, does sound good. You're getting me there. And... Um, as far as the men's racing scene goes, you said that Matty van der Poel and Wout van Aert are two big rivals. What are the, are there any standout moments from the last couple of seasons that really kind of emphasise how good this sport is? Last season was a classic season. Um, it really was kind of the two of them back to their best before that there was a couple of seasons where one or the other of them either wasn't in top form or their race programs didn't coincide quite as much as you would have hoped for van der Poel was struggling with injury this season before a little bit but last season um was classic and there's you know various races that you could go back and have a look at um the whole christmas period was was absolutely bonkers especially when you throw Pidcock into the mix. Um, there was a race uh, at Deacon, which is like a night race. So actually, you know, you sit down in the evening to watch it and it takes place under floodlights. That one really worth catching up on both the men's and the women's side. Um, Benidorm, they went to Benidorm in the World Cup last year and they're going again this year. That was a fast, dry course with lots of technical twists and turns. They were all together um, for the whole race that one was really exciting and the world championship itself at Hoka Haida, um the two of them just were inseparable the entire race just Mathieu van der Poel did one of his what bomb sprints at the end powered away and was able to take the rainbow bands but yeah it was it was a vintage season in 2020 2022 to 2023 just to pause my conversation with Katie for a moment, as I'm editing this, I'm watching the highlights back. And first off, Fem Van Empel um, is basically cycling through mud on what looks like 
barely much more than a road bike in, in like pure mud conditions and eventually manages to get away to win the world title. Like you've got uh, little bunny hops to go over, giant pink ramps to fly down, um, grass, uh, muddy corners, um, people crashing here and there as well, uh, and then yeah, transitioning onto road and then going round doing like nine nine laps of the stuff. It is crazy. Not seen anything like it ever. Anyway, back to our chat. Okay, so those two big rivals. Um, what about what about teams? Is there a Yumbo Visma? <laughs> is it the same guys uh, going again? So in terms of teams, you've got kind of the main teams in cyclocross for the men are Powell, Sals and Bingo, who have the likes of Elisabeth and Michael Van Turenhout, who regularly win many races each season. You've got Alperson de Koenig, a name that you will recognise. Obviously, they have Van der Poel, but they also have a number of other really great riders. They have Quinton Hermans, who also rides road, but they have the likes of Niels van der Putte and uh, Gianni Vermeersch and Thibaut del Grosso. So there's quite a few riders for um, for Alpecin. Baloise Trek Lions, so that's obviously the connection with Trek there. The little Trek are the road branch of that team. Um, on the men's side, they have Thibaut Nace, who, a young talent, who won under 23 worlds and is the reigning champion there. Um, and their veteran is Lars van der Haar. So that those guys, uh, Pim Ronhaar is also another good one. Um, and you've got Creel and Corrindon, who are not as big a team, but they've got one of the big names in Laren Swake. So this guy used to ride for Pals, Sals and Bingo. Him and Elisa Bit didn't used to get along all that well, from what I've heard. Um, there was a bit of beef, I think, that was kind of vying for leadership uh, at various points in the season. So Swake cut out, got offered a position on the Creeland team. It was Creeland for Estad's last season. It's Creeland Corrindon now. And he's really coming into his own um, as a leader. So he's really going head to head with with the likes of those big guys. Um, yeah, so those are sort of some of the main teams that you've got. And then when you get Pidcock and Wout coming in, Wout Van Aert, Tom Pidcock, Obviously, you get representation from Ineos and Jumbo, but those aren't big teams on the cyclocross circuit. Okay, so is it more like Tom Pidgeot going, hey, guys, I'm going to do this. Um, can you give me a bike and some kit? <laughs> a bit more like that. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think that, you know, when you get a talent like Pidcock, um, you support him in whatever he wants to do. And I think happy Tom Pidcock is, is a Tom Pidcock who's doing the things he likes best which i think if we're being honest about it is off-road here he comes though tom pidcock kicked us off in the czech republic with a win and he's gonna end the year for us in canada with another win tom pidcock takes an incredible win in monson and on one of the trickiest most difficult days of the cross-country world cup he's done <laughs> he's had enough mountain biking for a while and in our episode on primos roglic we talked about his background and you know he did mountain biking as well and we kind of ended talking about how you make your own look because you with bike handling can kind of help you avoid crashes and stuff what do you think the impact on road racing has been for having these big names go into cyclocross i think it's really good uh to have more than one discipline in your arsenal if you like um because I think that it, it does arm you with, with a more broad perspective on racing. Um, 
obviously the bike handling skills which can come in really useful I mean we see examples of it all the time on the road where you know maybe the road's narrowing and the peloton are coming into it and it's just there's just not enough room for everyone to be on the road and someone will hop up onto the, a grass verge or a you know on a curb and and it's not that you should be doing those things and not that you should need to but just having that confidence in your own um your own bike handling uh, which comes from a young age and comes from these different disciplines can be really, really handy. And positioning in a race and just kind of awareness and strategy and cornering, you know, just small things like that. Like if it's raining on the cobbles in at Flanders and, and you're a cyclocrosser, this is your bread and butter. You know, you've been doing this all winter. It's it's not scary to you. It's, it's something that you can handle. Um, and I think that it creates better, more all-rounded riders. So this is something that more riders should be doing. Uh, are there are there more from the road peloton coming into this? Um, I think I've mentioned most of the ones who ride both. Um, but like I say, when really good juniors uh, on, in cyclocross quite often make the transition to, to road a little bit later because they've got that really good kind of base fitness and and race strategy and experience so they can come in onto the road but yeah i think i've sort of named most of them really so you've named them all in Uh, and finally um you said the opening race is this weekend and we're recording this on the friday the 13th of october 2023 (laughs) um but remind us a bit more of, of how the season looks like 14 rounds how how regularly are they you know my my frame of reference here is formula one is it a similar sort of calendar in in how it runs um i'm not really familiar with the formula one calendar so it's not very helpful um but yeah they're they're kind of weekly uh, it's it's bi-weekly for the first couple of weeks and then it really picks up in November and you and you get around every week crescendoing over Christmas. So Christmas is a whole nother thing in cyclocross. They call it Kerst Periode, that's Belgian, for this a mad period over Christmas essentially where they have about 10 races in two weeks. Um, they're not all World Cup races. They're a mix of the different series. Um, some of them are World Cups and it's... Yeah, Saturday and Sunday, you'll have a race both days, a men's and a women's, usually just after lunchtime. Um, and yeah, over Christmas, it just it's, it's lovely to sort of sit at home, turkey sandwich, you know, nice glass of mulled wine and, and, and watch them tearing it up. And usually it's really muddy by then <laughs> and very cold. <laughs> um, and I can assume this is all on Eurosport and, and GCN um is that right and and if you're looking on the socials who should you be kind of following if you want to uh get across more cx is it hashtag cx i don't know <laughs> uh hashtag cx world cup for the world cups um cyclocross 24 are my go-to resource for facts and figures and stats and team lineups and results and all that kind of thing um there's also uh, a couple of other really good accounts to follow. Um, I, can, I can tell you're looking this does... up as well as I've asked yeah, you, right? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jens Decker, who actually provides uh, commentary for GCN um, on both road and um, cyclocross, has just gone back to cyclocross. So he's an ex-rider and has just started riding again, had his first win yesterday 
um, which wasn't televised, sadly, because it wasn't not one of the series that is on TV over here. Um, so, yeah, he's a good account to follow. He quite often does course reviews, really in-depth reviews on what, you know, what's good and bad about courses um, and how they fit with the regulations and so on. And Cyclocross Social is another really good account to follow on Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, all the individual riders and teams, uh, as you would anyway. So, cool. Yeah. So remind us again, where are they this weekend? And is there one race in the series that's kind of really standing out for you? I know you're not a Formula One fan, so the Monaco Grand Prix might not have the same frame of reference, or, or in my case, it'd be the Belgium Grand Prix, actually. Uh, but yeah, is, is there any one race that you, you really think this is the one? Um, so it begins in Waterloo, which is in Iowa. Um not all of the riders make it over to the US, so the the, the hardcore cyclocross people will, will go. But you know, you your Van Arts and your Van der Poels don't normally begin their season until mid November, late November sometimes. Um, looking down the list of World Cup venues, Dublin. I was there last year. That was the first time they'd had uh, one in Dublin, and that was a great course. Provided really exciting racing. Um, but the classic really really exciting courses for me are Namur which is more of a mountain biking type course because it's got um really steep climbs it's got tree roots it can be quite um it can be a little bit sketchy if I'm being honest a little bit dangerous but it provides thrilling racing and then Gavir um Zonhover is a sandy one and Hogerheide which is the course of Mathieu van der Poel's father Adri um that's a course that he runs and owns um, and those are always really, really good courses to keep an eye out for. So Matty van der Poel, the world champion, his dad runs a cyclocross course. Yeah, there was a few murmurs about that last year because that was the course at which they held the world championships. What? Oh, <laughs> controversial. You know, at the end of the day, you've still got to win. There was there was rumours that, not rumours, but suggestions that he set the court, the course was set to be a course that favoured Van der Poel. But at the end of the day, it's a course is a course and you've got to be on it on the day. Um, and he only won because of his amazing power and speed at the end. Um, Van Aert matched him, you know, pedal stroke for pedal stroke for the rest of the race. So. But yeah, you know, some people have questioned it or commented. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I have uh, you've, you've convinced me, Katie. Even if uh, even if the kid whose dad made the course has got him, <laughs> got him a chance to win the world championship, uh, you've, you've convinced me. Um, uh, and um, yeah, I'll start looking at cyclocross uh, info here, there, and everywhere. Uh, but it's time for us to go. So I've been Sani Rajvajla, and I've been Katie Magic, and this has been a sojourn into the world of mud, sand, snow, ice. Uh, and I don't know stairs uh, here and on your bike uh, we'll return with more very soon see you next time on your bike is a sandpod production <laughs>